Welcome to another episode of our Founders Podcast. I'm your host, Ash, and this is a show where I interview proven founders and industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights to help you build, launch, and grow your business. In this episode, I talk to Dan, the founder of Hints and Deal Scoring. Dennis is a tech-savvy problem solver with a passion of making things happen. From his impressive journey in media and online publishing to his game-changing roles at companies like Chifando, Dennis has always been at the forefront of innovation. But what really sets him apart is his dedication to understanding customers inside out. It's all about exceeding expectations. Now he's rocking the scene with not one, but two groundbreaking product, hints and deal scoring. Whether it's revolutionizing whistleblower software or shaking up sales intelligence, Dennis is your go-to guy for turning ideas into reality. So I hope you enjoy the show. Dennis, welcome to the show. Hi, Ash. Welcome. Happy to be here. Great. So do you have a favorite quote, something that inspires or motivates you that you would like to share with the audience? Sure. So I would say there's a there's a quote many people use. Um, it's it's a quote about from, from Steve Jobs, also called Stay Hungry, Stay Foolish. Why I'm mm-hmm. quoting this, not because it's from Steve Jobs, it's more about staying curious staying be open-minded and always learning things to do it better to turn it around to disrupt things and that's also my philosophy in business and also in building new products indeed indeed i couldn't agree more with that because being a founder myself and being in this space for a very long time i think that the more every stage of our life we are always learning so the more hungry and foolish we are we, we tend to you know be more curious so agree with that agree so tell, tell us about the hints and deal scoring and what does these products do who is it for and what's the main problem you're trying to solve yeah sure so these are two complete opposite things honestly uh one is a very very big project and one is a very very small project uh the the background of both projects so i'm um was building up before a SaaS company which was an hr tech space which was a condo um and Afterwards, I said to myself, what could I do better in the next project? And two things were in focus. One, um, and that's the reason why Hints was founded. So the core idea of Hints is I want to build a micro SaaS. So a SaaS, which is more or less automated as far as it can go. So it has uh, lots of chatbots. It has an automated, easy-to-use help centers, an automated marketing and sales outreach. Of course, you still need some capacity, but... The, the product price is quite low, so it's between 30 and $100 uh, uh, MRR, so it's quite cheap. Um, so the core idea is digitizing um, the whole whistleblowing process, which is a very niche thing for companies, but became mandatory in the European Union. And we wanted to build up a product which is um, like state-of-the-art, which is unique, which has a nice usability and nice UX, but also is affordable. And we build it at very, very low cost. So this is a project which will go live next week. So we are now done with building it. Uh, we are right now in the in the final test and this will go live next week. Um, and we will already uh, starting with the first couple of pilot customers who want to uh, try out this software. And you're um, talking about second hints, product. right? Yes, this is hints, exactly. The second one is a, is a, is a more, more a big one because my learning from Yakando was a lot of fun. I uh, when, you, when you first built your company, you're kind of a greenhorn, um, as I was at least. Um, so I was new to the tech and SaaS space. And what I was focusing majorly on is sales-led growth. 
So I'm the salesperson. I'm, I, I like to talk about the product. I like to, as you mentioned, I like to talk to the customer to understand the pain of the customer. Um, but if you do this, um, you also, of course, want to sell your product in the end. That's the purpose of understanding the customer, uh, literally. Um, and when, when we were at Yakando, we had one big challenge which could not be covered by any tool or any software, which was how to manage your sales and deal pipeline. Because um, there are lots of tools of managing, of course, customer data and, and getting additional enrichment data from LinkedIn or, or other sources. This is all existing since a couple of years. But what's not existing saying, hey, we know this customer is hot or not. So uh, something where an algorithm tells you um, this client um, is testing out your software, is trialing. We see it from the product analytics. We see they are on the legal page, on the home page. They are visiting the terms and conditions. Oh, we see you have lots of interactions in your HubSpot Pipedrive Salesforce CM. So we are consolidating all the sources. This makes the product much more complex than the Hints project because you have to connect to all the CMs. You have to connect to all the proposal management systems like DocuSign and so on. Um, but once you have it, we can really build a proper scoring, which is super interesting because salespeople normally don't have access to those data points. So they don't know whether a client is trialing out their software. They don't know, even know whether a demo account exists because this lies in the product department. Um, it's a bit ridiculous because teams are still in, in silos um, in SaaS yeah. companies, so they don't have the information. And our tool will provide you a score saying, okay, this is a 7.2 out of 10, so kind of hot. And, and we recommend you call them on Thursday, next Thursday, because normally you have the interactions on Thursday with this client. Um, and ideally write this email. Um, all the components of writing an email are existing with other tools, but the major point is guiding the resources to the right leads and having all accurate information uh, for the salespeople. Gotcha, gotcha. So correct me if I'm wrong, and Hints is a product which helps founders to automate things and deal scoring is a product which helps to basically understand your leads uh, and then potentially understand more about your customer and how you want to, I don't know, chase them or interact with them to convert them into customer. Is that close enough or? Yeah, I think for deal scoring, it's pretty close. For hints, it's literally, you have a new legislation in the European Union majorly um, where it says, as a company from a given size, let's say 50 employees, you need to have some kind of whistleblowing process um, and companies don't have something in place. So what we do is we just digitize this very, very tiny process of offering a whistleblower inbox, which is anonymous, but still you can communicate with the whistleblower. So that's it. So literally it's a, a tool. What is this whistleblower and how? What is this law? Because I don't, I don't know about it. So sure. and maybe sure. for listeners too. Sure. So the European Union decided a couple of years. I think it was twenty eighteen. Decided that um, employees who have to whistleblow some things in their company, like for example, mm. there's an abuse or there's mobbing or there's something, any kind of negative things in the working environment, needs they need to have a channel to report. Twenty years ago, this was pretty easy. Um, in, in old-fashioned companies, you had really a box, like a physical box, where you could put in an envelope. So, um, and now the question is, how do you do this in digital times? Because people are working remotely, 
and also they accept they expect that there's something uh, available in a digital way so what we mm. created we have a digital box which is literally just a, a site where you can um post your 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 um your issue your you can submit you can submit your your problem which you can also observe and you do this anonymously um so you are not tracked um and this is just a digital inbox for employees who have concerns about your employee, about their superior user, which they cannot communicate openly in their working environment. Mm. That's interesting. It's like um, um, it's like a box sitting in the corner of the printer room where we used to drop the the envelope with oh there has there's something fishy happening at this particular exactly. department with this person exactly 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 and the funny yeah. thing is when you when you talk to, to the first customers about it they even come up with other ideas how they can use this box because this box of course works for whistleblowing but this box mm -hmm. also was used 20 30 40 years ago for continuous improvements so if someone has an idea please come up with an idea and uh, mm -hmm. now they can also do this anonymously about uh, in, in in a way of this this um digital inbox true it was this yeah this printer inbox i understand your your your, your point yes yeah yeah because i, I remember those days where and when you know we, we, when you have to mention something to hr or someone higher in the authority you used to use this box so really brilliant small but effective great so so let's talk about where the story begins where did you got this idea of um, and you know i would like to know more about hints mm -hmm. as well as the scoring where did the idea yes. come from and and where did the story begin sure let me start about hints so in mm -hmm. hints was was pretty easy i come from the hr tech space so i built yakando and yakando is an hr tech uh, software player not as big as personio factorial but it's uh, in the same market so um we were digitizing um, the HR processes, and one of the HR processes is um, the option to, to have a whistleblowing inbox. Um, mm. And for me, there were two things coming together. One is I know the market quite well. I know the people. I know the decision makers, so I have access to them. For me, it's no mm. hurt, and I just call 20 of my first, uh, uh, recent customers, and I just ask them, what is your problem regarding whistleblowing? And then I can build a product. So this mm. um, lowers the, the entry barrier for me. And second, for me, hints is more the challenge. We did not spend uh, stop for a, a lot of money. So we are really doing this very, very tiny because we want to prove that you can build a tech company, a tech product uh, with below than 10,000 of US dollars. Mm. And this worked so far, which is interesting. Deal scoring is different. So as i said in yakando i had exactly this experience um we had the sales pipeline which was unstructured so we had some hundred uh, opportunities in our our crm system but we had no clue which one was hot so every week we had the sales meeting and i was asking the sales people the sales uh, um account ex executives hey how are you doing what is the hot lead and they were saying um i believe it's this one and i said why do you believe and they said, yeah, I, I heard they locked in in the demo account. And I said, yeah, you don't know. So, and then I built at Yakando uh, with some additional tools, a, a static solution, uh, which was scoring all the deals. So we had something in place, but it was static. It was not connected to all sources. And the core idea was to make this really easy and accessible because what we observed at Yakando, it 
increased our conversion rate by two to three percent. And this is a lot. I mean, if you go two to three percent up and you have a, a deal volume of 10 million, it's 200K a year, which you generate additionally in, in AR. And this was a huge lever. And also the salespeople loved it because what they hate is about digging deep. What they like is about selling. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I totally agree. And so I'm, I'm just wondering, like, okay, for hence you're working, you worked in the industry for long, so it's easier for you to reach out to the customers and ask them what their pain point is. But what would you advise to the people who are new in a space and trying to build something? Because, you know, a lot of listeners of ours are people who are founding some new softwares, etc. And for deal sourcing, I guess, when you had this epiphany, did you looked into the market? Were there other product? What was going on at that time? And mm -hmm. what did you see from your research that encouraged yeah. you to move ahead with it? Yeah, I think that for me, the like you have a classical approach of building a product. Um, and I'm I'm not the I'm not a theoretical, I'm more a practical guy. I think mm -hmm. you really need to talk to the people. Um, and this is very, very important. So what I did, I was really talking to HR when it comes to hints and whistleblowing. I was saying, how are you doing this? And then there are some people were saying, yes, uh, we are doing this with an email. And I said, uh, but how? This is not anonymous. Yes, yeah, we know, but there's nothing existing. We don't like it, but there's no alternative. We have to have something in place. And I said, yeah, but this is not a solution. So um, mm -hmm. I talked to a couple of customers who are, of course, kind of friendly. So you have to have access to the people so that they openly communicate you. And you're not trying to sell them. You're just trying to understand their problem. Um, and I yeah. think this is also very important. It's not about making money in the first step. Um, it's, it's the other way around. It's about learning. It's learning what is the problem, what is the pain, um, and then designing a solution, coming back to the customer and say, could this be a solution? And they say, sometimes they say, uh, no, you didn't understand me. Then you have to start again, going back to square one. Um, and, and, and for deal scoring, it was, um, the, 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 like my core idea came from my experience at Yakando. And then I researched the market because I thought right now it's 2023, there must be something existing. Mm -hmm. I checked, there's nothing existing. So I was a bit, 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 bit shocked because of course HubSpot has kind of a, a scoring mechanism. There is an algorithm and HubSpot built in, but it's only built on CRM signals. And I say, okay, this is not enough because you have so many signals like website visits and so on. Um, and yeah. that's the reason why we said, um, I build up a team. Um, I have from my background, I have a colleague uh, who has long, long experience in sales. Um, and she's also a big fan of this, this uh, scoring algorithm. And then for me, it was critical to find a third founder, which was, um, which is a, a CTO. And he has a very, very deep experience. Um, in, in, in building things. Um, and that's the reason why we had to build a very, very strong founder team. And we are right, right now in the, in the phase where we're still figuring out the MVP. So we are talking to the first pilot customers. This takes much, much longer than hints uh, because yeah. it's much, much more complex. Mm. Great stuff. So I understood the whole um, idea and, and, and how you approached it. Now, I'm eager to learn more about the person behind the, this venture. You know, can you can you take us back to your roots and share with our listeners about your upbringing, your childhood? How did your early experiences shape your journey and eventually led you to become the entrepreneur today? 
Um, first of all, I'm very sorry. I don't have a classical like founder journey where I have a garage or where my parents were already entrepreneurs because it's completely the opposite, funny wise. No, um, literally, I come from a household which was very classical. So my father was a mayor of a of a, of a small town. Uh, my mother was still for, still a housewife. This was during those times kind of normal. Uh, mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I have to say because I'm more 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 uh, supporting the the side of opening this up. Um, but I lived on a very, very rural side and, uh, honestly, um, like most young people, they did not know what to do. So for me as well. So I was, I was, I was 19. I moved out, had my, my A-levels and the next step was studying something and I had no idea what to do, honestly. So I studied economics because with economics, you can do everything. My understanding, um, after the studies, I hoped I had some, like what you call inspiration. Um, I did not. Uh, so I, I became a consultant because I think that's kind of open so you can do everything. And I was staying in, yeah. in consultancy for, for, for close to a decade, um, learned a lot in this area. And I was starting from a general consulting, focusing much more on like strategic advice, especially for all kinds of digitalization, um, bringing things online, um, making efficient processes. This was my background. Um, and afterwards, like in the... In the end, I was managing um, a competence center at Roland Berger, focusing on European clients for um, for digital and media processes. After I did this, um, I still was looking for a purpose, honestly, and uh, I felt I should start something on my own. And this was a good gut feeling, and and, and then I, I jumped directly into Yakando together with a with a consultant colleague. We said we need to start something, and then we. Honestly, it was also a lot of pivoting and trying out. So in the beginning, we were like more a marketplace, which is similar to um, Upwork, as you know it today. So we were like more trying to mediate between employer and employees. What we saw quite fast is, um, and the feedback from our client was nice idea, but actually we don't need this service. What we like is the digital handling of the process. So there was a very good feedback, honestly, again, listening to the client and they said, yeah, we need digital HR processes. We don't need people to be mediated on a marketplace. What we need is digital processes. And that's, that led to the, to the main pivot of Yakando, where we switched from a marketplace to a, to a cloud software in 2015. And afterwards we ramped this up. So um, in the end, we were 100 clients. Uh, still a niche player, but focusing on bigger SMEs um, and make quite, quite, quite a good, um, good position in the market. Awesome, awesome. So, <clears throat> I would like to learn more from you about the process you are going to follow. So, you, the the good thing or or the best part of that whole journey, which I think is, you are connected with the customer directly. For example, hence. You're talking to them. You're still figuring out what uh, could be the MVP. So tell our listeners more about what you have learned from your customers. I don't know, maybe by interviewing them or having some one-to-one -one, you know, conversations and how the product is shaping up in your mind and what sort of problem. I mean, I, I understand that it's a regulation now in Europe, so they need to have a place to get this information. But there must be some other elements, right? For example, how they're going to process the information. Do they want the customization on the portal for their own company? 
what kind of information or or you know if somebody has uh, access to anonymous posting information they could use bad words you know things like that so how are you going to manage it so i would like to know more about this what kind of conversations you're having with your customers yeah true so in the beginning when you think there's a problem um and you first talk about it i think there are several stages and the first stage is about really talking about the pain and i'm talking about the single pain not about the 20 pain points i'm talking about the major pain and this in this case the pain is honestly the regulation so there's something mm -hmm. existing where you need to be compliant this is very easily answered because honestly this is law um yeah so there's not but then you talk to the customers how do you want to solve this like what would be your way of solving it would be something uh, would you like to do it via email? Would you like to do it physical? What about um, having this in a digital inbox? If we talk about a digital inbox, how should it look like? So it's really mm. digging deeper and deeper and deeper. And then they even come up with their own ideas. So, for example, I had one conversation where I already was at a point where I said, look, okay, we have now a digital inbox. You can, you can, you can, you can design some fields. You can say how it, how it is. Uh, how it looks like also in terms of branding like logo and colors because it's very important for bigger companies um so all done um but then they said yeah but this is if it's anonymous it's a public page this means everybody could submit so of course yeah he, he was right so i was saying look then we will just integrate um a, a pin code or like a verification method you define a pin code that is given to the employees on a separate way. They can enter it and then they are verified as employees from the company. So we integrated mm. this process. And if you go this step by step and you present the raw solution. So I did it. I was, uh, we were still already in the, in the, in the coding phase. Um, I was, I was showing them the raw version. It was not perfect, but it was more or less everything at the place. And I was saying, what is missing now? And I'm not trying to ask them. Do you would you like to have this is this i was just uh, saying what is missing for you so that they mm -hmm. i'm still want to focus on the 80 20 solution so that i have the core features in and then they come up and say yeah what we need is for example a field an additional field which we can define what we need is a custom color or whatever but they come up with their own ideas and that's exactly how it should work if you if you talk to the customer um the customer should talk you should not guide the customer so it should be very open um and also the the share of voice should be more with the customer like 70 percent of the time the customer should be talking not you this is the biggest advice that i can give to generally salespeople: let the customer talk he will come up mm. with the points yeah yeah definitely and then i'm guessing that once you have this mvp ready you you're already talking to the customers so that you already have leads and then you can use your other uh, SaaS product which is deal scoring to understand which customer you have to like you know uh, connect to. in this case it's funny it's even it's even supporting each other that's true so we will use deal scoring for hints as well that's true uh, of course this is an exception but hints let's let's also be honest hints has a the entry price of hints uh, for for a yearly subscription for a company is 360 um bucks so it's very low so this will not be the ne next unicorn um deal scoring mm -hmm. is built for a very big thing i mean if we talk about sales markets this is super big 
uh, we're talking about billions of, of, of dollars or euros. Um, whereas Hints is really a very niche solution for Hints is me more the focus on really, I want to make it as lean as possible. Mm, mm. And and how so you you and I I, I I looked into the 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 URL and it's still under construction. Um, so how did you come came up with the pricing model because you're so confident about the pricing and I know you're speaking with the customers. Did customer told you about what they're willing to pay or what is the process to get the pricing model in place? Yeah, it, this is this is a good question because pricing is always difficult. I'm also advising some startups, and it's really we like pricing is you have no clue, honestly, you don't know. Um, and and I, also at Yakando, we were changing the prices every six to twelve months because honestly, we had no clue in the beginning. Um, for hints, it was a bit easy because of course there are some digital solutions already existing. Some are very very old fashioned like mm. out of the 80s and they look like this nobody wants to use tools like this in nowadays and there's one player who is much bigger but also mm -hmm. super expensive so then you know okay there's an upper 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 line and there's a lower line and then we put ourselves in between and we check with the clients and they say yeah of course this amount of money is no no worry so we don't care uh if it's mm. as cheap but it's also for us we can make it more expensive but we want to make it affordable like an SME with 60 people, they normally have no budget for this. They should not spend 10K for a, a very niche problem. They should spend some hundred bucks and they have the problem solved. Um, for deal scoring, it's much more complex because uh, right now um, we are discussing ex exactly this point, how to price the product. Because if you optimize the deal pipeline, you can go with a normal, like a normal SaaS pricing is still the perceived pricing. Uh, but I think perceived pricing is not always accurate, especially if it's about um, sales. Um, the core idea of, of a sales tool is to increase revenues, conversion rates, whatever. Um, so it should also be linked to the value. Um, so right now we are discussing more a hybrid solution. There are not many like similar tools on the market, so we just have to guess. And our logic is what we put on the dealscoring.ai website is there's a calculator on it because you save some money if you increase your conversion rate you can make an easy calculation whether it's worth to buy the tool or not and this should be the case the roi should be interesting okay got it got it and it's very interesting that both the product actually came out of um your own previous experiences while you were working with Jacando and, and trying to resolve some issues. I'm really, I, I, I'm really struggling here to understand that you have explained to me that deal scoring is more focused about if the lead is hot or not. I have seen quite, I mean, I use myself the HubSpot CRM. Do you put deal scoring in a CRM category or it you're building a new category itself? Yes. So literally this is a new category because we don't want to go in the in the shark tank of CRM systems because there are hundreds of thousands um, mm. which, which do CRM systems. No, we are connecting like we did a major analysis of, of the of the main tools and we are in the first phase focusing on software providers and most software providers are using either Salesforce um are using hubspot or using pipedrive um these are the three three major tools 90 percent of the companies are using it 
uh, we have integrations ready for those three tools and uh, based on this we will not compete no it's even the other way around so our our tool our algorithm will write back to hubspot the score so we will not compete with hubspot because it does not make sense hubspot could be in the long run um, a logical buyer of the software because we are an extension of the crm hmm. nice nice and so that's good to know because then you have a clear differentiator here because you're not a crm you're basically an um, intelligent system yes. to help your sales team altogether great stuff so you briefly touch upon the point of how many people are then in the team so could you please talk more about how many team members you have and you know sure. are you in plan of getting more team members or uh, you know you're okay for the mvp and the, my second part of the question after the teams is uh, what stage you are right now with hints and deal scoring in terms of releasing data yeah so um the the team for hints is very 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 small so i have a, i have a colleague from marketing um supporting me for blog content website social presence and all the stuff and i have one developer and me that's hint so that's literally and, and i'm doing 10 percent of my time investing in it um the developer is right now still working 50 percent, but this will go down in the next two weeks to 10 percent. so still um fixing fixing the product this is very very automated and lean for deal scoring it's different so we have a cto uh mm -hmm. full-time on board from uh april onwards so he's still employed he quit his job but he's already building stuff uh, we have a we have a co-founder um in in sales and marketing like with a background and we have me um and we are right now most likely adding a fourth co-founder in the area of marketing uh because marketing and go to market will be critical for this product um and what we are about to is we will most likely hire one additional person um for front-end ux design um, and then we are quite set for the MVP. So the MVP will be ready approximately end of April. Um, and then we all start with pilot customers. We already have two dozen of, of interested software companies who want to trial this out. And mm -hmm. the core idea is more to go the bootstrap way um, instead of going for big VC funding. Uh, most likely we'll do a small angel round and then um, continue growing because we believe we have very, very strong profiles in the team. And this saves a lot of cost. Uh, if you have already like three to four people on the founder's side, it saves a lot of cost. Awesome. Awesome. Great stuff. So what are your target dates for both hints as well as for deal scoring to go live? So we will go live like a soft launch for hints next week um oh, and then over the cross it's 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 already done so we are literally now in the last like the translation things and 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 aligning of email templates and really like the basic uh, uh remaining things um we will go live next week um like first week of second week of march um and then we'll start with a couple of pilot customers so the big go live will be beginning of april um and then it will continuously grow. Um, for deal scoring, the plan is to have like first pilot feedbacks, I call this, in over the course of April, because we already have, we, do, we don't have the software yet, but we already have the algorithm. So we want to prove mm. with, our, uh, with our potential clients, can they work with the result before we build like the full interface. 
and the target mm -hmm. is to, to 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 talk to a, approximately a dozen of of pilot customers design partners to to have feedback and then end of april um have the soft launch of deal scoring so that we are end of june ready with the with a full product gotcha gotcha okay great stuff so i think by the mid of 2024 you have both products live and potentially have multiple customers with hints and deal scoring now i want to go back and understand more about like throughout your journey and experience there must have been some valuable lessons learned if you don't mind sharing could you reflect on your experience and tell us about the mistake or a setback <laughs> that you encountered along the way and you know you now consider not, not a regret but like a lessons learned and what advice would you give our listeners based on this experience yeah so i think um my major advice or my major focus right now is people always people mm. so still we are in a kind of digital age we are talking about tools software components and ai and all the stuff but for me the crucial component of a successful business is still people and what mm. i learned um sometimes honestly also the hard way is if you work with investors with employees with co-founders with customers it's a lot about people so literally if you have the right co-founders you're just 10 times faster and better than the other players because you have a team. So it's very much about a teaming, a teaming, teaming spirit and teaming understanding also. I mean, the examples, I'm, I'm not the biggest soccer fan, but for example, in Germany, it's funny. You have, you have um, a soccer, soccer club of Bayern Munich. Um, they have the most, the best players in the world, literally, but they are mm -hmm. not on number one because on number one, there was a, like um, the team manager formed a team which mm. is the individuals are not better but the the combination of the individuals is much much better much much stronger because they interact so well and what i see at deals going and i was really i think it took so far six months to build up the team um i was really investing a lot of talks 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 to understand what is driving them because i don't want to work with people who are just looking for the money or the quick win I want to I want to I want to work with people who have the same intention as me and this is building cool things and this implies of course at some point it gets successful and you can sell it and make lots of money but what is the purpose why are you doing it uh, do you yeah. only do it for money do you do it because you want to get famous you want to get status or do you want to solve a problem um and that's that's a core thing and I was investing a lot of time to talk to the co-founders of deal scoring to understand what is their what is yet right what's what's driving them why are why they want to do this why are they um going back from their job and this comes if you go to angel investors or to institutional investors it's the same discussion do they fit to you um it's same with the first customer if you choose the wrong customers and they push you in the wrong direction with the wrong features um you will not be happy and you will not be successful and i think like the first setup of a company should be set in an environment where you have very, very positive and good connections with the people because this mm. accelerates the growth, the building process much a, a lot. Understood, understood. And having a good team is nowadays is mandatory because 
it's getting so much competitive out there in um, in its startup space that if you don't have this support system around you not you know not i'm not just talking about you know technical expert but also about your team members who emotionally and and psychologically support you it's very difficult to survive in this space so uh you know couldn't agree more so great so we we are heading towards the end of our our um, episode um Dennis. So we should wrap up now. We are going to go into the lightning round and I've got six quick fire questions for you. So just try to quickly answer them as you as as you can. Ready? Great. Ready. What book would you recommend to our audience and why? That's a very good question. I think um, I think there's no general answer. Um, for book is always question but people have a list of all the business books i think it really what can help you what can you learn the most and what i learned a lot about is for example the biography of steve jobs because he was iterating a lot with customers um mm -hmm. this was helping me a lot but there there are dozens of books it needs to fit to yourself what is your weakness what do you need to learn mm. interesting yeah Okay, what one attribute or characteristic in your mind of a successful founder? Persistence um, and discipline. You have to do it 100 times before you are successful. Indeed, indeed. What's one of the best piece of business advice you have received? Focus on the people. I learned this as well from, from other people. So focus on the people, pick the right people around you. Mm. What's your favorite personal productivity tool or habit? <laughs> yeah, I automated a lot, so I don't have paper. I hate paper. So, uh, for example, I'm using reflect.app, which is a very cool uh, uh, note-taking app, which gives me the opportunity really to, these are interacted notes, I like this. So you can link notes to each other and you have like a mind map and so on. Um, and this is something which I use use a lot, and the rest is classical things like to-do lists, calendars, and all the stuff. Great. What's a new or a crazy idea you would like to pursue if you had time? That's, that's a good question. It's a lightning good question. Um, I think doing something outside of software, because... Um, I think building something outside software would be a huge challenge for myself because I'm used to, like, I know what to do to build the software, but if it comes now to a physical product, it would be super exciting because I think it's also um, a very interesting feeling if you, if you, if you can touch the product. Indeed. Indeed it is. And the last one is what's an interesting or fun fact about you that most people don't know. <laughs> Um honestly, um, I come like from in Germany, they know East Frisia and East Frisia is a, is a, is a, is a, is a, is a zone of like an area in, in, in Germany, which is very rural and very known for not innovating. So it's the opposite and people are very slow down, but it, it calms you down as well. If you have this uh, in the back of your mind, so I will typically, if you Google, there are hundreds of jokes on East Frisians. Uh, because they are the most loved uh, region in Germany. Right. Great stuff. Well, I would love to. I I used to um, I I used to work in Germany for a while, um, close to Berlin. Uh, so yeah. I kind of liked it. 
Uh, I love the beer. <laughs> <laughs> True, me too. <laughs> uh, yeah. Great. Well, Dennis, thank you so much for joining me and sharing your story and backing the last few years of building this business and some of the ups and downs along the way. Um, if people want to check out Hints and Deal Scoring or, and want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do it? So the best way is definitely my LinkedIn profile. You find me with my name quite easy because it's not a so used name with Teichmann. Mm -hmm. um, and the website hints.co will go live next week and deals going AI already a marketing website is online, but LinkedIn is the best way to approach me. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your inspiring journey and impactful work you're doing through hints and deal scoring. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on founders podcast. Thanks. Ash. It was a pleasure. Thank you all for tuning into this episode of Founders Podcast. I hope you found our conversation with Dennis insightful and inspiring. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and stay updated on future interviews with proven founders and industry experts. We have lineup of incredible guests and valuable insights coming your way. Stay inspired, stay motivated, and keep building.